Today is May 28th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am incredibly grateful to be here with you right now as we move gracefully and intentionally through the scriptures. It's a progression that brings us closer to God with each passing day and that helps us harmonize our hearts with His will. As we twirl, two-step, or tango through the symphony of these sacred scriptures, let's allow the rhythm of the Word to guide our steps, leading us toward becoming the best version of ourselves. We're being called, invited, to be present in this moment right here. So let's take our partner's hand, the Holy Spirit, and let's just let go, let's release, let's dance with joy and abandon as we embrace the divine choreography that He has orchestrated for our lives. Now we're in the middle of David's family saga here in the Old Testament and things Ooh, things are not going well. We have another situation involving sexual violence, betrayal, and revenge. And as I was reading it, I couldn't help but remember the story of Dinah. Remember Dinah when she was assaulted by Shechem and her daddy Jacob did nothing, but then her brothers Levi and Simeon stepped in to defend her honor by going on this murderous rampage? Well, this time, it's David's children who are involved. And what's so sad about this is that although God never abandons David, there's a lot of tragedy and turmoil that ensues based on his choices. Sin has serious repercussions, and it's so insidious that its effects are like a cancer that spreads and metastasizes. This story that we're in right now, it's a reminder of the destructive nature of sin. Sin can destroy families, relationships, jobs, and even nations. It's important to remember that sin is never worth it. Never. Okay? The consequences are always far greater than the momentary pleasure that it may bring. But, and here's the hope, even in the midst of all this darkness, there is always a better way. God is always working to redeem our brokenness, and He is always faithful to forgive us when we repent. So let's not give up on that hope. Even when we get caught up in something that we shouldn't be in, let's keep trusting God, keep holding on to our faith. And even when we get out of sync or out of step, when the musical score to our lives seems somber and sad, let's keep dancing with the Holy Spirit until we find our rhythm again, because we will find it. We are reading from the God's Word translation this week. Let's flow, feast, and be fed, 2 Samuel 13, The Rape of Tamar. After this, David's son Amnon fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of David's son Absalom. Amnon was so obsessed with his half-sister Tamar that he made himself sick. It seemed impossible for him to be alone with her because she was a virgin. Amnon had a friend by the name of Jonadab, a son of David's brother Shemiah. Jonadab was a very clever man. He asked Amnon, Why are you, the king's son, so worn out morning after morning? Won't you tell me? I'm in love with Absalom's sister Tamar, he answered. Then Jonadab told him, Lie down on your bed. Act sick, and when your father comes to see you, say to him, 
Please let my sister Tamar come to feed me. She can prepare a meal in front of me as I watch her, and she can feed me. So Amnon lay down and acted sick, and the king came to see him. Amnon asked the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make some bread in front of me, and she can feed me. David sent for Tamar at the palace. Please go to your brother Amnon's home, he said, and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's home. He was lying down. She took dough, kneaded it, made flat bread in front of him, and cooked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Have everyone leave me, he said. So everyone left him. Amnon told Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom so that you can feed me. Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in the bedroom. When she handed it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come to bed with me, Tamar. No, she told him, don't rape me. That shouldn't be done in Israel. Don't do this godless act. Where could I go in my disgrace? And you will be considered one of the godless fools here in Israel. Speak to the king. He won't refuse your request to marry me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He grabbed his sister and raped her. Now Amnon developed an intense hatred for her. His hatred for her was greater than the lust he had felt for her. Get out of here, he told her. She said to him, No, sending me away is a greater wrong than the other thing you did to me. But he wouldn't listen to her. Then he called his personal servant and said, Get rid of her. Put her out and bolt the door behind her. She was wearing a long-sleeved gown. The king's virgin daughters wore this kind of robe. So his servant took her out and bolted the door behind her. Tamar put ashes on her head, tore the long-sleeved gown she had on, put her hands on her head, and went away crying. Her brother Absalom asked her, Has your brother Amnon been with you? Sister, be quiet for now. He's your brother. Don't dwell on this matter. So Tamar stayed there at the home of her brother Absalom and was depressed. When King David heard about this, he became very angry. But David didn't punish his son Amnon. He favored Amnon because he was his firstborn son. Absalom wouldn't speak at all to Amnon. He hated Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. The Murder of Amnon Two years later, Absalom had sheep shears at Baal Hazor near Ephraim. He invited all the king's sons. Absalom went to the king and said, Since I have sheep shearers, your majesty and your officials are invited to feast with me. No, son, the king answered Absalom. If we all go, we'll be a burden to you. Even when Absalom continued to urge him, David did not want to go, though he did give Absalom his blessing. So Absalom said, If you won't go, then please let my brother Amnon go with us. Why should he go with you? The king asked him. But when Absalom urged him, he let Amnon and all the rest of the king's sons go with him. Then Absalom gave an order to his servants. Watch now, he said. When Amnon begins to feel good from drinking too much wine, I'll tell you, attack Amnon. Then kill him. Don't be afraid. I've given you the order, haven't I? Be strong and courageous. Absalom's servants did to Amnon as Absalom had ordered, 
Then all the king's sons got up, mounted their mules, and fled. While they were on their way, David heard this rumor. Absalom has killed all the king's sons, and not a single one is left. The king stood up, tore his clothes, and laid down on the ground. All his servants were standing beside him with their clothes torn to show their grief. Then Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shemiah, said, Sir, don't think that all the young men, all the king's sons, have been killed. Only Amnon is dead. Absalom decided to do this the day his half-brother raped his sister Tamar. You shouldn't burden your heart with the idea that all the king's sons are dead, your majesty. Only Amnon is dead. Absalom has fled. When the servant who kept watch looked up, he saw many people coming down the road beside the mountain west of him. Then Jonadab told the king, The king's sons have come. It's just as I said. When he finished speaking, the king's sons arrived and cried loudly. The king and all his men also cried very bitterly. Absalom, however, fled to Geshur's king Talmai, Amihud's son. But the king mourned for his son Amnon every day. Absalom, having fled to Geshur, stayed there three years. King David began to long for Absalom once people had consoled him over Amnon's death. John chapter 17 Jesus prays for himself, his disciples, and his church. After saying this, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time is here. Give your son glory so that your son can give you glory. After all, you've given him authority over all humanity so that he can give eternal life to all those you gave to him. This is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. On earth, I have given you glory by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, give me glory in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. I made your name known to the people you gave me. They are from this world. They belonged to you and you gave them to me. They did what you told them. Now they know that everything you gave me comes from you because I gave them the message that you gave me. They have accepted this message and they know for sure that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me because they are yours. Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine. I have been given glory by the people you have given me. I won't be in the world much longer, but they are in the world, and I'm coming back to you. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name, the name that you gave me so that their unity may be like ours. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name that you gave me. I watched over them, and none of them, except one person, became lost. So scripture came true. But now, Father, I'm coming back to you. I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they will have the same joy that I have. I have given them your message, but the world has hated them because they don't belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to protect them from the evil one. They don't belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Use the truth to make them holy. Your words are truth. 
I have sent them into the world the same way you sent me into the world. I'm dedicating myself to this holy work I'm doing for them so that they too will use the truth to be holy. I'm not praying only for them. I'm also praying for those who will believe in me through their message. I pray that all of these people continue to have unity in the way that you, Father, are in me and I am in you. I pray that they may be united with us so that the world will believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. I did this so that they are united in the same way we are. I am in them and you are in me, so they are completely united. In this way, the world knows that you have sent me and that you have loved them in the same way you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me, to be where I am. I want them to see my glory, which you gave me because you loved me before the world was made. Father, you have done what is right, and the world didn't know you. Yet I knew you, and these disciples have known that you sent me. I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love you have for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Psalm 119, verses 81 through 96. My soul is weak from waiting for you to save me. My hope is based on your word. My eyes have become strained from looking for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? Although I have become like a shriveled and dried out wineskin, I have not forgotten your laws. What is left of my life? When will you bring those who persecute me to justice? Arrogant people have dug pits to trap me in defiance of your teachings. All your commandments are reliable. Those people persecute me with lies. Help me. They almost wiped me off the face of the earth, but I did not abandon your guiding principles. Give me a new life through your mercy so that I may obey the written instructions which came from your mouth. O oh Lord, your word is established in heaven forever. Your faithfulness endures throughout every generation. You set the earth in place and it continues to stand. All things continue to stand today because of your regulations, since they are all your servants. If your teachings had not made me happy, then I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your guiding principles, because you gave me a new life through them. I am yours. Save me, because I have searched for your guiding principles. The wicked people have waited for me in order to destroy me, yet... I want to understand your written instructions. I have seen a limit to everything else, but your commandments have no limit. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. By mercy and faithfulness, peace is made with the Lord. By the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When a person's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So these Proverbs, these are two short but profound sayings that teach us some principles for living a righteous life that pleases God and benefits ourselves and others. The first one tells us that the fear of the Lord, which means reverence, awe, respect, and worship, 
and love, which means loyalty, devotion, and kindness, are essential for avoiding evil, evil, sin, wickedness, harm, because they motivate us to obey God's commands. His commands are good, right, and holy, rather than follow our own desires, which are often selfish, foolish, and sinful. The second verse there tells us, that is verse 7, that when we find favor with God, that is His grace, His mercy, and His unique and specific blessings for us by living according to His will, He can make our enemies, that is, those who hate us, oppose us, or wish us harm for whatever reason, He can make them be at peace with us. And this has been like a recurring theme for the last three days. This means that they will stop fighting us, stop hurting us, or stop hating on us, stop trying to make our lives miserable. God can do that when our ways are pleasing to Him because He can change their hearts. We may not be able to, but He certainly can, which are often bitter or angry or hardened towards us, again, for whatever reason. So I just wanted to point those two things out. God's Word never changes or fails or expires. It never disappoints, deceives, or contradicts itself. It never becomes obsolete, irrelevant, or outdated. It's never empty. There is always something here for us, no matter what situations we are facing and going through. This is unlike anything else. This word, it's unlike anything else in the world. Nothing like it exists. Let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this word, for the gift that it is, and the way that it just speaks to us today as powerfully as it did thousands of years ago when it was written down by your servants who were inspired by your spirit. Lord, we thank you for your word that reveals your character, your holiness, your justice, your love, your works, your creation, your redemption, your restoration, and your ways. Lord, it reveals your wisdom, your commandments, and your promises. We thank you for how rich it is. Lord, we thank you for your word that shows us who you are. It shows us that you are our creator, our savior, our Lord, our father, our friend, our helper, teacher, guide, comforter, and healer. Lord, you are our provider, and we thank you. You are our protector and defender. Lord, you are our deliverer our Savior and King. Lord, we thank you that your word shows us who we are. It reflects back to us those things that we need to work on and who we are in you. We are your children, your servants, your disciples, your friends, your partners, your heirs, your witnesses, your ambassadors, your saints. Lord, we thank you for this word that shows us what you have done for us that constantly reminds us of your faithfulness and your faith. You've made us, loved us, chosen us, called us, saved us, forgiven us, cleansed us, justified us, sanctified us, adopted us, sealed us, filled us, gifted us, equipped us, and empowered us. Lord, you are just so worthy. We thank you that your word shows us what you'll do for us. You'll keep us when we need to be kept. You'll lead us when we need to be led. You'll teach us when we need to be taught. You'll guide us, comfort us, heal us, provide for us. Lord, you will transform us, reward us, and welcome us. And Lord, perhaps most importantly, or maybe not, Lord, you just dwell with us. Just the fact that we are never alone, that you are always with us, that is such a powerful and life-giving thought. 
Lord God, we ask that you would just help us to love your word more than anything else in this world. We ask you to help us cultivate diligence and discipline to read it regularly, to study it carefully, to meditate on it deeply, to memorize it faithfully, to apply it practically, to obey it wholeheartedly. Lord, and we need to share it. We need to share it boldly and live by it consistently. Lord, we ask you to help us to understand it more clearly for those things that are obscure and hidden from our intellect. Lord, help us just make it plain. Help us so that we can believe your word firmly, trust it fully, hope in it confidently, rejoice in it joyfully, and delight in it continually. Lord God, we just pray that as we listen to your word each day, may we hear your voice speaking to our hearts. May we feel your presence filling our souls. May we sense your spirit moving in every situation we face. May we know your love overflowing in our lives. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, who is the word of God made flesh, the living and active word, the word of life and truth and grace. Amen. And our affirmation for today. Today, I release the weight of all fear, worry, and doubt, and take up courage, confidence, and joy. Today, I release the weight of all fear, worry, and doubt, and take up courage, confidence, and joy. And our aphorism, an inner voice always used to be an outer voice that we have absorbed and made our own. Many of our inner voices need editing out. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you go forth today with the word of God in your heart, the wisdom of God in your mind, and the wonder of God in your spirit. May you live today for the glory of God, the honor of his name, and the goodness of his kingdom. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.